And I want you to turn with me, please, to the book of 1 John, 1 John chapter number 1. What a blessing to be here on Easter Sunday, Resurrection Sunday. I'm glad we have a living Savior this morning. As you find your place in 1 John chapter number 1, I want to let you know that we now have podcasts available. We're not only live on YouTube or, or live on Facebook, on, we're now on YouTube. We have podcasts on Spotify. Podcasts on TuneIn Radio. We have podcasts on iHeartRadio. You can also find us on Amazon Music. Wow. So praise God. Now, Mike Shortridge has done a lot of work. So when you see him, thank him for the work that he's done getting us. I mean, we're out on all the modern podcasts that are available. We will be on, uh, let's see, Pandora soon, but Pandora has to approve us. I hope they will. And so... Uh, but it's so good to see you this morning. Remember, if you would please, we've committed to pray for our revival. Please pray for our revival coming up. If you're committed to do that, please do it every day. Remember the families of Bob McCormick passed away. Roger Blevins passed away. Remember that family. And he's one of our missionaries. I'm not enduring salvation. I'm enjoying salvation. It's good to be saved. It's good to know the Lord. It's good to be forgiven. It's good to have a risen Savior who gives us joy. And uh, what sets Christianity apart from all other religions? It is a living Savior. I do not have a dead book this morning. I have a living word. I have a living hope. I have a living Savior. I don't have a dead religion. You can put Baptist on the sign or whatever you want to. I don't have a religion. I have a Savior, praise God. And I have salvation in Jesus Christ. And what a blessing that is. I'm glad to report to you this morning that death has no authority in the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ. He said, because I live, you shall live also. Disease has to flee when Christ is around. Death has to give place to the precious Son of God. The demise of all humankind can be negated in the blood of Jesus Christ. And what a joy that is. I remember a few years ago, Bob Leonard got saved. And, and boy, he, I think it was the next uh, year that he came in on Easter Sunday morning. And he was giving out candy. You know how Bob was. And he was so happy. And he said, Preacher, this Easter Sunday is just the best day in the world. And I'm like, yeah, you got it, buddy. When you get saved, friend, you want to celebrate a resurrected Savior. I'm going to give you five points really quickly on why I believe in the resurrection. Now, I'm going to tell you, first of all, I, got, I believe in the resurrection because I got saved. And there's something on the inside of me that tells me Jesus is real, that tells me the Bible's the right way, that tells me prayer, prayer really works. There's something inside of me that urges me forward. I tell you, the first thing I can tell you is I'm glad I'm saved and I'm glad I know Christ and I'm glad I know he's the resurrection because of the salvation that I have personally experienced. If it's a blessing to be saved, wave at me. Praise God. Wake up. Amen. Let's pray. Father, this morning, would you take these few little points and would you just speak to our hearts? I thank you for the spirit that we've already felt. Thank you for the good blessings of God that we've already enjoyed. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for the good breakfast and all the ladies that prepared. My goodness, thank you for the What a wonderful meal we've already had together. We praise you for that. And now I pray you'd feed us now from your precious word. In Jesus' name, amen. 
Five points. I believe in the resurrection because of the witness. What do you mean the witness? Let me ask you something. The Jesus gave the apostles. He said, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. And those apostles went out. Do you think they went out believing in a fantasy? Do you think the apostles, all they all died except John. They all died a martyr's death. They gave up their homes. They gave up their families. They gave up their material possessions. They gave up everything they had to take the gospel out and to preach to other people. Listen, you don't do that for a dead man. These men believe they ultimately gave their their own lives. You don't do that for a fantasy friend. You do it because it's something you really believe in. And these men really believed. They didn't just get together and say, okay, let's build a religion. Jesus is dead. We buried him. We don't know. It's there. All Things are lost. Everything's gone. We're just going to get together and build a religion while we can build a, we can have money. We can have power. We can have authority. No, friend, they did not do that because they lost everything they had. If, if, listen, if anyone would have given up on a false narrative, if all this was just a false narrative, it would have been Peter. Peter, that old big mouth, brawny fisherman, wouldn't have done that. I mean, Peter would have never went out with the gospel losing everything he had. That old hard-headed fisherman, he wouldn't have done that. And yet Peter, when he took the gospel out, he was crucified. And he said, hey, he preached the gospel, Peter did, for the next 33 years, dying in A.D. 66. 33 years after Jesus Christ had died, Peter preached for 33 years that he was alive. And when they crucified Peter, he said, don't crucify me upright by like my Lord, turn me upside down. And they crucified Peter upside down. Do you think he did that for a dead man? Do you think he did not believe in the resurrection? He tells us in his uh, epistle, 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 16, for we have not followed cunningly devised fables when we made known unto you the power and the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but were eyewitnesses of his resurrection. I say I believe that, friend. Amen. Thank God. And because I believe it, it makes me a believer. And when we believe, that's all God asks us to do is to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. When I read this book and I read after Peter and I read after John and all these great men of God, I believe I'm reading from the most honest men that I have ever met. These men were honest. Let me tell you something. If somebody in this church that you trusted and you knew they were solid and steadfast, if they gave you their word on something, would you believe it? What about God's men here? All these apostles who went out, they gave us their word. They were honest men who wrote the word of God. But let me go one step further. The Bible says not just man wrote the word of God, but the Holy Spirit inspired the word of God. For all scripture is given by inspiration and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, and for instruction in righteousness. This book is God-breathed. Let's read some God-breathed words together. 1 John chapter number 1. The Bible says, That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon and our hands have handled the word of life. 
For the life was manifested and we have seen it and bear witness and shew unto you that eternal life which was with the Father and was manifested unto us. That which we have seen and heard declare we unto you that ye may also have fellowship with us and truly our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son Jesus Christ. And we write these things unto you that your joy may be full. Are we reading from a man who experienced a resurrection? You better believe we are. Are we reading from an honest man who's giving his word? You better believe we are. Are we reading the words of the God-breathed words of the Holy Spirit? You better believe we are. There's a reality in the resurrection. John had seen the resurrected Savior. John had eaten with the resurrected Savior. He said our hands have handled him. He is the word of life this is not the word of death it's not the word of judgment it's not the word of condemnation for God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world but that the world through him might be saved praise God we have a word of life. He said that our joy may be full. Let me ask you something about John. Peter lived 33 more years, crucified upside down. John lived 60 more years. When he was 90 years old, he was banished to the Isle of Patmos alone, a prison island to suffer hunger, to suffer the elements. Would John at 90 years old experience all of that for a dead Savior? No, sir. John said, I know him. I've seen him. I've handled him. He did rise from the dead. And this is my word to you. We have handled the word of life. Praise God. John had experienced salvation. He had experienced resurrection. He had experienced the word of life. He had experienced the fellowship and the fullness of joy. I think of the next apostle. His name was Andrew. And Andrew took the gospel of all places into the Soviet Union, all the way up into Russia. Yes, sir, Russia got the gospel before America got the gospel. And they called that in that day, now listen to this, in that day they called Russia the land of the man-eaters. Not much of changed, has it? But Andrew... Did not carry the gospel of a dead man. Why would you fabricate all this and risk your life going to the northernmost ends of the earth? Andrew took this gospel to the land of the man-eaters. Why? Because we have a living Savior. Praise God. What about Thomas? Thomas, the old doubter. Thomas, who doubted the resurrection. Thomas said, unless I put my hands in, in his hands and, and feel the nails and, and in his feet and put my hand in his side, that's how big the spear hole was. He said, I'm not going to believe. Yet Thomas, when he saw the resurrected Savior, Jesus said, come on, Thomas, check me out. Put your hands, go ahead and put your hand in my side. Feel the nail-pierced holes in my hand. Hey, Thomas, believe. Thomas took the gospel into India and there he was faced with four spears and they said you either recant or we're going to thrust you through and Thomas the old doubter died with four spears in his body. Let me tell you something, he didn't do that for a dead man. 
Amen, preacher. He is alive this morning. His spirit is with us this morning. Would Philip go to Africa and face one of the most cruel deaths that you could face by the government if Jesus was dead? Bartholomew was martyred. James was stoned to death. Simon took the gospel to Iran. Wow. Anybody want to volunteer to go to Russia or Iran? <laughs> Iraq? Oh, my goodness. Matthias was burned to death in Syria. Read the Acts of the Apostles, all the persecutions, all the threatenings, all the imprisonments that came against those apostles, yet they carried on with the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. I think you and I, as we sum up the first point this morning, would have to say with Napoleon, no dead man could command that kind of respect. Think of all the people who've worshipped him in Christendom through the years, who've stood fast for their faith. I think of John Knox and all the, the martyrs that we've discussed here before who stood steadfast for the faith. No dead man could command that kind of respect. Not only is there in the witness, there's resurrection in the war. They sang this morning, there was a battle taking place on the cross of Calvary. Jesus Christ was combating all the imps of hell for the souls of men. Jesus Christ was combating while he was on the cross every minion of Satan. The dark forces of the ages were against him. Yet he died on the cross with my sin and your sin, a substitute for our literal soul. Thank God. God for the resurrected Savior. He fought to the death and he trusted God to raise his body. In other words, Jesus did the best he could when sin was placed upon him in the garden of Gethsemane. He just did the best he could. He carried the cross as far as he could carry it and then Simon had to finish carrying it the rest of the way. He stretched forth his hands and was nailed to an old rugged cross for me and for you and he died there and he said, Father, into thy hands I commend my spirit. I'm glad the Father came through, aren't you? Amen. He trusted the Father, and the Father said, Hey, if you'll go to the cross, if you'll take the sins of the world, if you'll bring salvation for the, for the prize, pay the price of salvation for every man, then thank God he's risen from the dead. Amen. There was a battle being fought for the souls of men. Let me ask you a question. What if Jesus would have quit? What if he'd have said, nah, too high a price to pay? What if he would have threw it in the towel? You know what Douglas MacArthur said about war? He said, in war, there is no substitute for victory. I'm glad Jesus said there, hey, there's no substitute for victory. We have this morning victory in the Lord Jesus Christ. We have victory in the resurrection. We have victory in the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. For he is coming again. During one of the darkest periods of history, France, the Nazis in World War II had attacked France. And France had fallen prey to the Nazis. America had not yet, not yet gotten in the war. And the Nazis turned their, their war machine toward Britain. And Winston Churchill stood up and he said, France has fallen. The battle of France is over. And the battle for Britain is about to begin. And he said, he said this, Upon this battle depends the survival of all Christian civilization. 
Upon this depends the living, the extension of all Christian civilization, the battle. Wow. You know, that's what was going on at the cross. There was a battle for your soul and for my soul. And I'm glad Jesus Christ didn't quit. I'm glad he didn't throw in the towel. I'm glad he didn't say, hey, it's too hard. I'm stopping now. Hey, before he went to the cross of Calvary, there he was in the garden of Gethsemane. He went into the garden and prayed and prayed and prayed till his, the Bible says, until his sweat became as great drops of blood. I think of two gardens here. There was a garden way back in Genesis where Adam and Eve walked with God in innocence in the garden. And then all of a sudden they sinned against God, disobedient against God. No longer would God walk with them, but they had to walk with God. But there in the Garden of Gethsemane, when we fast forward about 4,000 years, there's Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane, praying, His sweat dropping literally with blood, praying for you and praying for me, agonizing over our sin because the Lamb of God had to become sin for us. He became sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in Him. Thank God. Schwarzkopf said this, General Schwarzkopf said this about battle. If you sweat more in peace, you'll bleed less in war. You know what I've seen? I've seen a lot of Christians who say, I'll die for my faith. They won't even go to church for their faith. If you can't sweat in peace, you're going to bleed when the war comes. Amen, preacher. <laughs> hey, Jesus Christ fought to the death, trusted God, shed his blood for me and for you. And the Bible says now he is seated at the right hand of God, Amen. ever making intercession for us. There's number one. There's a resurrection in the witness of the apostles. Number two, there's, a, there's a, a resurrection in the war. There's a resurrection in the way. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter number 10, having therefore boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way, which he hath concentrated for us through the veil, that is to say, his flesh. I'm, I didn't come this morning just to church. I came to meet a living Savior. And he said, where two or three are gathered in my name, there am I in the midst of them. He's here. He's here. And you know what they said to Mary and the ladies? The angels, they went out. The Bible says they went out with spices on that first morning. And they were going to anoint his body on that Sunday morning, the first day of the week. He had been crucified on Friday. And they went out on that first day of the week looking for a corpse, <laughs> looking for a dead man. And the tomb was rolled, the stone was rolled away from the tomb, and there were two angels sitting in there, one at his head, one at his feet. And they looked and they said, what's the matter with you? Who are you looking for? Don't look for the living among the dead. Amen. 
I didn't come this morning to look for the dead. I came to look for the living. Amen. I didn't come to see a casket this morning. I've seen enough. I've preached over 20 funerals this year. Hey, I don't want to see a casket this morning. I want to hear about life. Amen. I want to hear about joy. I want to hear about fullness. Praise God. There's resurrection in the way. Can I tell you something about the way? The way of salvation is the best way I've ever seen. I've seen the way of the drunk, and it's no good. I've seen the way of the gambler, it's no good. I've seen the way of the adulterer, I've seen the way of the sinner, and I can tell you the way of a transgressor is hard, and it winds up in the judgment of God, and eternal, eternity in a devil's hell. But I'm going to tell you, friend, uh, I've got a better way this morning. His name is Jesus. Praise God. Yes, sir. He is risen. He is exalted. The Bible says, Wherefore God hath highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow and every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Listen. It's not hard to believe there was a historical Jesus. If you go to Jerusalem right now, and, and say, was there a Jesus? And they'll say, oh, yeah, there was a, we got records of that. There's all kinds of records. There was a Jesus. Well, is there a record that he died on the cross? Sure enough, he was unjustly tried. He was convicted. He received the death penalty. He was crucified. It's not hard to believe he died on the cross. There's a historical record of that. But I've got a record that goes a little bit further, amen? I've got a record that says he rose again. Praise God. I've got a record that says he's alive. There is a single doctrine that sets Christianity apart from every other religion in the world. We have a living Savior. Praise God. Lastly, in the wonderful hope, as the women went to the tomb fully expecting to see a stone rolled in place, fully expecting to go behind that stone and anoint a corpse, they came looking for a dead man, a stench, a decomposing body after three days. But what they found was angels and a glorified Christ. Praise God. There was a man, they said years ago, who came out of the mountains over in the European area. They said he came back. And he saw a picture of the crucifixion and he didn't know what it was. He'd never heard the gospel of Jesus Christ. And there was a little boy standing beside of him in the store window, and he said, can you explain that picture to me? And that little boy said, sure, that's, that's Jesus on the cross, and uh, that's Mary over here weeping for him, and, and that's back in the background, that's the tomb where he's going to be buried. And the guy said, I've never seen that. I've never heard that story before. And he said, well, that's what that picture represents. And the man walked off. And the little boy comes running up behind him, tugging on his britchy legs and said, sir, sir, I forgot to tell you the rest of the story. He didn't stay dead. Amen. The Bible says today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your heart. He's speaking. I'm telling you, he's speaking. He's speaking to this world. He's speaking to lost people. He's speaking to this church. He's speaking through His Word. He's speaking through the Spirit of God. He's speaking through the witness of others. Hey, He's speaking this morning. Amen. On February the 27th, 1991, a lady named Ruth Dillo was notified by the Pentagon that her son had stepped on a landmine and was dead. 
He'd been serving in Desert Storm in Afghanistan. And for three days, Ruth screamed in bitterness. She lost her only son. And she was bitter and angry and crying and disconsolate. And all of a sudden, she got a phone call. And there was a voice on the other end that said, Mom, it's me. I'm alive. And she wrote in her diary, I cannot express the joy of hearing his voice one more time. Listen, if you're lost this morning, hear his voice. His voice is not the voice of a dead man. His voice is the voice of a live man. He told the apostles, peace be unto you. Don't you know what a joy it was for the apostles to kind of answer the phone and Jesus said, boys, it's me. Peace be unto you. What a joy to hear his voice one more time. The darkest night in all of history ended when the day dawned and Jesus had rose from the dead. Yes, the ground had shaken with an earthquake. Yes, the angels had come and rolled the stone away. Yes, the glowing angels were there at the tomb. And now there was a new dawn and a new day and Jesus Christ was alive forevermore. Thank God. This morning as I close, don't go to the graveyard today. I know many of you do. I see you over here every Easter at the graveyard and you've got flowers placing them on the tombs of those whom you've loved and whom you've buried and, and whom you miss. Hey, don't you put that flower on that grave in dread and don't you put it there in sorrow. You put that flower on that grave in hope. Hey, if your loved one knew Jesus Christ, the Bible says the dead in Christ are going to rise first and we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together to meet them in the air and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Praise God. I'd like to run on that. Mm. You put that flower on that grave and say, I'll see you, Mama. I'll see you again one day. I'll see you, Daddy, because Jesus lives you live because Jesus lives, I live because the darkness was over one night 2,000 years ago when the darkness was over and the day dawned, the joy was full, the spirit was full. Jesus rose victorious over death, hell, and the grave. Hey, we're going to rise too, praise God. Glory to God. The darkness brought an amazing dawn. I close with this illustration. Years ago, I had to work a lot of shift work and night shifts, 12-hour shifts. Boy, after we'd finish a whole streak, sometimes I'd work 40 12-hour shifts. And boy, one, one time we'd finished a big streak of 12-hour night shifts. And I said, boys, I don't know about y'all, but I'm so tired. I'm so weary. I, I'm just, I mean, listen, I just worn out. I was discouraged. I was about to tears. And I told the whole crew, I said, boys, I don't know about y'all, but I'm going to go to the top of this power plant. This is our last night shift. I'm going to go to the highest place, and it's about 300 and some feet in there. I'm going to go up there, and I'm going to lean over the handrail, and I'm going to watch the sun come up. 
I never will forget that. I can't tell you what kind of experience that was for me. I got up there and I was tired and I was weary. I wanted to just leave. I mean, I just wanted to get away from everything. I was so discouraged and all of a sudden that big orange ball starts coming up and somehow that big orange ball coming up over the horizon and just warming my body brought light in that darkness and it kind of just, kind of just, just done something for me. Hey, but I'm going to tell you something greater than that. One day I was lost in sin. One day I was headed for hell. One day darkness had me discouraged. Dark Darkness had me down. Darkness was dooming me to a devil's hell. And the Son of God arose in my heart when I bowed at an old-fashioned altar and called upon the Lord Jesus Christ. The Son of God rose in my heart. Praise God. And He's been there ever since, giving me light, giving me love, giving me everlasting life and everlasting joy. I say praise God for the sunrise. Amen. The last point I was going to give you don't have time in the W's <laughs> why are people wicked why, why do people do what they do why why would people murder why would people rape why would a, a man half a world away invade another country unprovoked and kill thousands, tens of thousands of people. Why does that stuff happen? I'm going to tell you why. They don't believe in a resurrection. The Bible says, I saw the small and great stand before God and the books were open and another book was open, which is the book of life and the dead were judged out of those things written in the books. They don't believe that they're going to stand before God. They don't believe they're going to give an account of what they've done in this life. They don't believe that they needed to be saved. They don't believe in a risen Savior. That's why they're wicked. They're in darkness. But all oh, this morning, here's the invitation. Every head bowed and every eye closed. Dear friend, I want to give you an opportunity this morning to come to Jesus Christ in a crowd of this size, I'm sure that somebody here doesn't know Christ as their Savior. You've never experienced the resurrection power of Jesus Christ. Oh, you've tried to do good. It just didn't work. You've tried to improve. It just didn't work. You tried to turn over a new leaf. It just didn't work. You need Jesus, friend. You need Christ. I'm not presenting to you a Baptist religion. I'm presenting to you Jesus Christ, a risen Savior, asking you to come to Him this morning. Church, I want you to pray. The Lord's dealing with somebody this morning. Would you pray that God will save another one? He saved one last week. Praise God. He can do it again this morning. Would you pray? I'm not going to ask you to lift your hand this morning. I'm just going to ask you, if you're lost, please slip out of your seat. They'll let you out. They'll be glad to let you out. I know it's crowded. I know there are people there, but would you slip out of your seat? And by doing that, come to the front. We'll take a Bible. We'll pray with you. We'll be sure that you're forgiven. We'll be sure before you leave this church that the blood's been applied to your heart. Would you slip out right now? Would you come to Christ right now? He died for you. He loves you. He wants to save you. He wants to give you eternal life. He wants to give you this joy evermore. He wants you to believe in His resurrection. 
He wants you to know there is future judgment. He wants you to know that you can, no matter what you've done, where you've been, what you've said, He wants you to know that He'll wrap you in His arms of love. He died to save you. He gave His life for the sins of the world. He pleads. The Spirit pleads. I plead with you this morning. Please come to Christ before it's everlasting too late. We'll surround you. I'll, I'll call all our preachers and deacons. We'll surround you. And we'll pray with you. We love to see you get saved this morning.